Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. It's Monday. It is. We're starting off a new week. However, we're ending a month. That's shocking. Last day of the first month of 2022, January 31, year of our Lord, 2022. <laughs> I'm so glad you say that every day. For all those who are listening in real time. <laughs> I, it's blowing my mind to think that we've already finished a month of I this year. It. I know it. It's flying by. It's flying by. It won't stop. No. And, and that's probably good. Well, listen, uh, where we are in Matthew, we're picking up the 21st chapter. This is the last week right, of Jesus. It's leading up to his crucifixion on Friday and then the resurrection early in the morning, the first day of the week on a Sunday, where we left off. Of course, the Lord has cleansed the temple, been challenged by the chief priests and leaders about that, and has gone into a series of teachings to the people. And the Pharisees and chief priests had said, I I think he's talking about us. They perceive that. They perceive that. I, You know what? I think he's saying we're those terrible vineyard people who are about to get judged. They're, exactly they're picking right. up what he's putting down. They don't like it. And so where chapter 21 ended, we had two parables, and we're going into a third parable now in chapter 22. Yeah, there's a trilogy of parables. So this is, this is the third in the series of parables that are all about subversion of expectations, reversal mm-hmm. of roles, displacement of who you expected to receive the reward. And so we've, we've had the parable of the two sons. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know what, just setting the stage. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's, stage. Good I think it's good. I think so we had the parable of the two sons uh-huh. where there was the, the father told the sons to go take care of some business. And the first son said, I'll do it. And then he didn't. Then he didn't. And the second son said, I'm not going to do it. And he does. And he did. And Jesus related that to the difference between the religious leaders mm-hmm. who all the time had acted like they were going to respond when Correct. the Messiah comes. Correct. But they don't. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the sinners and the tax collectors and prostitutes who, yeah. for the life of them, look like they're saying, we're not going to respond. But when John the Baptist comes, they listen. And as mm-hmm. Jesus comes, they listen. And so we've got that role reversal, that subversion of expectations. Yeah. And then you go into a parable about the vine dressers, uh, where a rich man has a beautiful vineyard, and when it's time to bring in the produce, the people working the vineyard refuse to turn over the produce. So he sends them servants. Uh, They mistreat them. He sends more servants. They mistreat them and even kill them. And he says, well, finally I will send my son. They will respect my son. But no, no, they don't. They kill him. Mm -hmm. And Jesus asked the crowd, what will this king, what will this ruler do? Uh, well, he will destroy them all and kill them all. Give the vineyard to people who are worthy and will do right. And he says, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's, again, when we read about the Pharisees uh, and chief priests perceiving, I think he's talking about us. Yeah, it shocked them. Wait, wait. They were all into the story. Of course, mm-hmm. the connection to Isaiah 5, they yeah, were all into the story. They're like, yes, absolutely. That's what's going to happen. Until they realized, oh, wait, wait, wait. You mean us? Mm-hmm. That's us? You're saying we're the... They, they were picking it up. And now yeah. we move into this third mm-hmm. parable that's in this trilogy of this principle. Matthew 22, verses 1 through 14, I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. 
But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business. While the rest seized the servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out to the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. I've never been to a wedding even remotely like this. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. So the, the king, the ruler, is going to have a wedding. It's going to be his son. This would be a great honor to be invited and to be included in this. Invitations go out. It seems like this is going to be good. And then when time rolls around for the wedding, some people have excuses. They just opt out. Others are even more hostile towards the messengers calling them to this wedding to abuse them and to kill them, mistreat them. I'm seeing some of the echoes, I guess, from the vine uh, vine dresser parable we just heard about the idea of messengers being sent being mistreated being abused uh being you know killed my understanding that when there was this kind of feast there would be an invitation that was sent forth mm -hmm. it's i, I mean would, you know we actually do that with weddings with yeah. wedding receptions we'll send out an invitation we'll say save the date here's yeah. when it's going to happen or, or here's requesting an rsvp yeah send right? us an rsvp let us know if you're going to come so that that kind of thing would happen where it would get sent out mm -hmm. but then my understanding is is that perhaps a little bit of a difference we'll put on there on the invitation the time and we mm -hmm. just expect you to show up whereas with this kind of feast perhaps because it's it was a lot more involved in preparation for them. It you know, would we, be. We've, and we've, the time commitment to come. I we, don't think it was just an hour and we're out. Well, we've, we've brought... We've we've made preparation a science and an art form today, you know, with caterers and that sort of thing. But for them, this is we got to go out, we got to slaughter the beasts, we got to prepare. We got it's it's a lot of work. And so, okay, then we're going to send out other messengers that let you know it is prepared, it's it ready. is ready, it is time. Come on down. Yeah. And what is fascinating about this parable, we often talk about parables supposedly coming from everyday life. Here's here's what does not come from everyday life. This is the king's son's wedding. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine people in the kingdom having been invited by the king yeah. to his son's wedding feast and saying, eh, that, that does, no, no, well, I, got, well, I got more important things to do. And to your point, think about some of the kings they knew about if Caesar had invited you, or even King Herod, yeah. and the way King Herod treated the people. Nobody's going to turn that down. Not at all. They'd be scared to turn that Not down. Not at all. But at the, they would be scared to turn it down. But I also think there's a certain amount of, I've been invited by the king, of course I'm going to show up. Yeah. So it is utterly shocking. I mean, this this really is just a, a, a societal etiquette Breach. Mm -hmm. I mean, in major, major ways. Now, Absolutely. I, I read a commentator who said, hey, it does seem to be a little bit harsh that this king decides to destroy their city for them turning down an invitation. But I felt like maybe the commentator overlooked the part where they didn't just turn down the invitation, they killed his servants. Yeah, that looks pretty eye for an eye to me. <laughs> yeah, you, you've killed my servants. Okay, the anger of the king is lifted up and he k destroys the city and then takes up the wedding feast again. Yeah. 
and says, okay, now we're going to get back to where we started. We're going to have our wedding feast. I want you guys to go out and you just find anybody, mm-hmm. anybody who'll come. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who I had thought were worthy right. demonstrated that they were not worthy. So now just go get anyone, mm-hmm. anyone who will mm-hmm. respond. That's that's the one who gets to come and be a part of my wedding feast. So just taking that part right now, or excuse me, that part thus far, we have the idea then of people who should have been glad to come to this feast, people who were preferred and blessed to be invited to this pe- feast, turning it down in the most uh, you know violent, ugly, awful way possible, and receiving a judgment then from the king. But still other people, not initially perhaps in view, they're going to be invited to enjoy this wedding. How does that kind of pair up with Bible history and, and God's plan of salvation? Well, as we walk through these three parables, the first one about the two sons, Jesus makes it very specifically about religious leaders versus the outcasts and the sinners from among the Jews. However, last week we pointed out that 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 parable of the vineyard dressers Mm -hmm. seems to open it up, that he's not saying, I'm going to take it from you religious leaders and give it to these religious outcasts who, who have decided to repent and come in. It's, I'm going to give it to a different people, mm-hmm. which opens that idea. Oh, wait a minute. We're talking about moving from Jews to Gentiles. Yeah, salvation for the whole world. I think we're seeing the same thing within this parable. Mm-hmm. We're seeing the fact that Jesus came into his own people, and as John chapter 1 said, his own people didn't know him and rejected him. Yes, yes. We're going to notice if we go through the book of Acts, as we did two seasons ago, yeah. Paul would would consistently go into town, and he would go to the Jewish synagogue. Mm-hmm. He would present mm-hmm. the gospel. He would present the invitation to the wedding feast. Yeah. It would get mostly rejected by the Jews, yeah. and so he would then turn and take it to the Gentiles. In fact, the entire book of right. Acts ends with Paul making that very claim. Uh, you you guys are like the folks in Isaiah 6. Mm-hmm. I keep speaking, and you're not hearing. Mm-hmm. I keep, you, you keep uh, seeing, but you, or you, you have eyes, but you won't see. He says, you know what? This is going to be taken and given to the Gentiles. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing. And Jesus is setting the stage for that. Yeah. Let me make one more point talking about history. Do you notice that in this parable, the very specific statement about he burned their city? Yes. Verse 7. Okay. He burned their city. Once again, we have Jesus setting the stage for the fact that there is a city Mm-hmm. that is refusing to accept the wedding feast invitation, mm. that is that is dismissing and disrespecting the son of the king, mm-hmm. and the city is going to be destroyed. Yes, it he, is. He is paving the way for what happens in less than a generation mm-hmm. in AD 70 as Jerusalem's city is burned. Right, right. And all of that old kingdom, all that could be shaken, as Hebrews 12 says, is shaken out of the way. And what can't be shaken is what remains, and that is the newly rebuilt temple that is Jesus and his church. His church, yeah. Which, which is not made up only of Gentiles. Jews mm-hmm. can become a part of that. Yes. It's, it's, it's for everyone, as you said earlier, salvation for all peoples. Absolutely. So we see the turn here in the parable. The call goes out to the highways and byways, salvation for all people. Uh, and then this episode, seemingly at the wedding. Yeah. So curious. Uh, The king comes in to see, Matthew 22, verse 11, the guests. He saw a man there who did not have a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Some of my understanding of this, maybe you've read some more things along the lines, that in this grand act of hospitality, there would even be clothing presented 
to make these people appropriate and prepared to be at the wedding, to be in the presence of the king. And a, a curious thing that this fellow would have skipped that step to come on in. Well, I've read commentators that said that the feast would have provided the garments, and I've read others that say that's ridiculous, they wouldn't do that, you had to bring your own. Huh. I don't know which one to believe on that. Yeah. I tell you what I can see in this story. When you came to a wedding, there was a dress that was appropriate. Mm-hmm. There, there, mm-hmm. Was, there was responsibility. Here you've got a fella who um, wants the blessings of right. the wedding feast, right. but doesn't want the responsibilities of, of the, the wedding, wedding feast. And, you know, if the, if the folks are right that the person giving the feast would actually provide garments, mm-hmm. we even have a greater issue here of this person that's like, no, yeah, I want to come into the wedding feast, but I don't want this other part of it. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's, that's a bad deal. Or you've got the person, if the folks who say those guys are wrong, you've got the person who says, I want the food, but I'm really not coming for the wedding. I'm not coming want, to honor the sun. Meet an expectation, I yeah, guess. I, I just want the blessings. I what I'm reminded of is that in Ephesians chapter four, it tells us mm-hmm. we are supposed to walk worthy of our yeah. calling. Yeah. In fact, in Jesus' parable, the king says those first people I invited, they demonstrated that they weren't worthy. Correct. Okay. It's not the fact that they weren't worthy, therefore they did not respond. But because they did not respond, they demonstrated themselves unworthy. Mm-hmm. I also think about Second Peter 1, where it says to us that we need to give all diligence mm-hmm. to add to our faith or our faithfulness virtue, virtue, to our virtue knowledge, our knowledge self-control, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. love. It says if these things are yours your enter- and, and abound, yeah. your entrance into the kingdom will be assured. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so here, here we've got someone who has heeded the call. But actually, yeah, I'm going to heat it on my own terms. Yeah. I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. I just got to be me. I got to keep it real. And <laughs> just being authentic. Just, <laughs> just being, being authentic. real. Just being authentic. And this person gets bound hand and foot and cast yeah. in outer darkness. Might as well be in the same position as those who ignored the invitation entirely. Yeah. Or violently rejected it. Yeah. And so as the Lord prepares this feast, we come to it by his gracious invitation, but also along his terms. Yeah. And so it says, new mantra, we've gone from first will be last, the last will be first, to many are called, but few are chosen. Mm. And from the story, here's what we need to recognize. It's not that the chosen heed the call. Mm-hmm. It's that those who heed the call are chosen. Are chosen. It's those who step up and say, I don't just want the blessings, but I will submit and give my allegiance. I'm here for the king and for his son. I'm not yeah. here just for me. They're the ones that are chosen. The choosing is based on the response, not the other way around in this parable. It's a really good point to make, a really good point to make. And I guess we're going to leave it there for today. We're going to have to. So glad that you've joined us as we begin talking about Matthew chapter 22. We'd love to hear your thoughts about the reading. If you want to send us an email, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Uh, We always love to get your emails. Let's have a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us life and seen us through this first month here in January. God, each day is a precious gift from your hand, and we pray that we would redeem that time. And this day be mindful, Father, of the wonderful call of the gospel. Father, may we respond, may we be your chosen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. 
Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.